Good morning, everyone, and thank you so much for having me. I feel like it's been a minute since I had the opportunity to bring God's Word to you. So I'm extra excited today about today's message and really this whole series that we started last week about why. It's a really great series, but for the times that we're living in, I feel like this is a particularly important message today. And I know I'm not the only one that has been feeling, you know, these birth pains are getting stronger and closer together. And for those ladies out there who have experienced childbirth, you know what I'm talking about because I truly feel like Jesus is coming soon. So today's message is just so important for us and that's why I'm so excited today. But before we dive in, I just wanna introduce myself for those of you who may not know me. My name is Megan Fondren and I say this every time that I have the opportunity to bring God's word to you, but it is truly an honor and a privilege to be able to share with you what God has given me. And um, if you haven't heard, the Hobson family, uh, they are taking a few weeks for a sabbatical. And apparently I'm learning that this is a very healthy, very normal practice for a healthy church when their leaders take a few weeks off every seven years or so. So while the pastor and his family are taking some very well-deserved, very well-needed rest and relaxation, the rest of us are holding down the fort and Pastor Tim has put a compilation of speakers together so that you can make sure you still have some amazing words from the Lord while they are taking some <clears throat> time off. And before we begin, I just want to pray as always, of course. So God, thank you so much that your mercies are new every morning. Thank you for your love, your kindness, your goodness, your faithfulness. God, thank you for teaching us, correcting us. God, thank you for ordering our steps. And Lord, we ask for more of you today. And as always, Lord, anytime I stand here and I am used as your mouthpiece, God, I pray that the word that you have given me will go forth and accomplish what you desire and achieve the purpose for which you have sent it. God, give us each more wisdom and revelation so that we may know you more. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, Ryan started us off last week on a new series and simply entitled, Why? And the whole premise for this series is so that we can get back to the basics because there's so many things that we do in our um, Christian culture that sometimes we might lose sight of the purpose behind it. Or maybe we just have been doing it so long and we've never even realized the why behind it. But how many of you can agree with me that when you know why you're doing something, you do it with more passion, with more enthusiasm, and therefore you're more effective. So that's why we're doing this whole series. And now most of you who do know me, you know that I am a family medicine PA right here in Montrose by profession. And then of course I am a Christ follower by passion. But what you might not know is that here at Real Life, I hold a volunteer staff position as the church's official evangelism director. So I'm so excited to be teaching you today on why we evangelize. Shocker, right? The church's evangelism director doing a teaching on evangelism? What? But truly, and I know that I say that I'm excited about this, that, the other thing, and honestly, my family, my husband, even my kids now that they're a little bit older, they tell me all the time that they can't trust my interpretation of what's exciting because they just think I'm this overly excitable person and so they can't believe when I think something's exciting. They can't think that I'm a good judge for it. However, as I said before, I truly believe that we are living in the end of the end times. 
So today's message is so vital and perhaps evangelism is more important now than it has been in any other time in history. So that's why I'm so excited about today's message because it pertains to all of us. So we must take back the darkness, you guys. This world is living in such chaos and such sin and such confusion that it is our job to take back that darkness. We must shine our light before all men so that people can see our good works and give glory to our Father in heaven. And that comes from Matthew 5:16. And we must save others by snatching them from the fire. And that comes from Jude verse 23. And the thing about the evangelism director giving a message on evangelism, that's not a coincidence and it's not an accident. We all have been given God-given gifts and talents and passions and things that you're good at and things that you like, things that, that when you do them, your heart gets racing, that adrenaline gets pumping, and, and it's like a breath of fresh air as you're partaking in it. So for me, that thing that gets my heart going is reaching out to people who don't know the love of Jesus and taking them the truth of the gospel that sets them free. And especially those who maybe think that they've experienced the gospel, but, but really they, re they received a skewed version of the gospel that really brought condemnation instead of freedom. Or maybe they've experienced what they thought was the gospel when really what they got was a watered-down version that didn't hold any power. Those people are who I want to reach to. That is my God-given passion. And just as with you know, anything that God has called or anointed or ordained, all of my gifts, all of my talents, all the things that I love to do, all the things that I'm good at, they all culminate into my ability to evangelize people. But the thing is, you have been given God-given gifts and talents and passions and things that you're good at and things that get your heart pumping. And you can use that to evangelize your community and the people within your circle of influence. So you are called to be an evangelist as well. So it is my hope and it has been my prayer in accordance with God's will to inspire you today. And yes, I'm an excitable person, but my, my prayer has been to get you as excited as I am about going out and making disciples of the nations. And our memory verse today sums up the why evangelize question. And our memory verse comes from 1 Timothy 2.4 and it says, He desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. And I love that scripture. And then verses five and six go on to say this, for there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, all. If you stop to think about that, that's actually quite a big pill to swallow because that means all those sinners out there. But thankfully it means all of us sinners as well. You know, it really means those cheaters, and, and yes, those who have cheated on you. And it means those liars, yes, those who have lied to you. But this also means those thieves, you know, those, those people who are bound in their addictions to pornography, to alcohol, to drugs, to money, you know, slaves to their job. It also includes those who are confused about their sexual orientation or those who are confused about their gender identity. And it also includes those who feel the need to choose abortion rather than life. But you know the statement, 
about Jesus giving himself as a ransom for all, it gets a little harder for us and our flesh to accept because it also means those murderers and those rapists. And yes, it even means those who would use and abuse children. And that one is hard for me because sometimes I ask God, how can you want to forgive and how could you have given your life for the one who hurt my baby? But thank God that when Jesus said that he was a ransom for all, it also meant you and it also meant me. So who am I to decide who gets God's love when he died as a ransom for all? And while I say that he died for a ransom for all, and I'm quoting scripture here, remember, so it is God's truth, I am never going to make an excuse for the people who have hurt you or hurt those little ones out there or somebody else that you loved. And I'm never going to make an excuse for the people who felt the need, like that young man who who knows why, but he went to the elementary school in Uvalde and just took so many innocent lives. I would never make excuses for that. But what I am trying to say in the picture that I'm trying to paint here is sin is sin. And the penalty of sin is death. And we live in this world that is so sick. And this world is so broken and this world is living in so much sin and so much darkness that it's no wonder it's stumbling and crumbling and crashing down all around us. But we serve a mighty God. We serve a great God who is greatly to be praised, who literally stepped down off his throne in heaven, coming into this sick and this broken and this dark world, declaring it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. And that is what Jesus tells us in Mark 2, 17. So why evangelize? As this is today's question, I'm going to break it down into four simple reasons why I feel like it's important to evangelize. And then, of course, give you scripture to back these up. So first of all, as we see from what Jesus himself said in Mark chapter 2, he has come for the scum of the earth. He's come for you and he's come for me. That's amazing. But he's also come for those people that we in our human flesh and our human minds could never even wrap our minds around why he would come. But it's not our job to do that. It's our job to see them through Jesus's eyes and know that Jesus came for a ransom of all and he or a ransom for all and he came for the sick. And that also means that those people out there that we wouldn't think twice about where they're going to spend their eternity. So it's us who Jesus was thinking about when he literally became sin so that we could become his righteousness. Meaning there is nothing and there is no one too far gone that the power of the blood cannot redeem. It was us that he was thinking about while he poured out his blood on that cross as he was pouring out himself and his heart out of his love for us. And that's what reconciles us back to God. So then as we learn from our memory verse today, this brings me to my second point about why we evangelize. Because this salvation and this redemption is for all. And one of my favorite scriptures comes from Isaiah 61 verse 1 through 2 because it, it sums up why Jesus came. And before Jesus even came, it was prophesied about his mission and the purpose in which why, or why he would come. And the scripture says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. 
for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has set me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that the captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come and with it the day of God's anger against their enemies. So this is just a perfect summary of why Jesus came in the first place. And it's clear what his heart's intent is when we read scripture like this. So if this is why Jesus came, that brings me to my third point about why we evangelize. Because if we call ourselves Christians, meaning we attest to the fact that we recognize Jesus as Lord and Savior, and we do everything that we can to try to be like him, so by being Christ-like, it should be our mission to carry out his work of seeking and saving the lost, as Luke 19.10 puts it, to seek and save. That word seek there, that is an intentional action word. That's a verb. You know, evangelism is not this passive thing that we do. It's not some passive sharing of our testimony. No, this is going out. It is intentionally bringing the message of hope and peace and love and power to people to continue on and partner with God to fulfill his, mis his mission of bringing good news to the poor, comforting the brokenhearted, proclaiming the captives will be released and the prisoners will be freed to carry out his mission, which again ultimately leads us back into reconciliation with God. And finally, my fourth point on why we evangelize is that we simply cannot keep this good thing to ourselves. I want to read for you a passage from 2 Corinthians verse 5, or I'm sorry, chapter 5, verses uh, 14 through 21. And it says this about how we just can't keep this to ourselves and that we're never meant to. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Those sinners out there that we think aren't worthy of Christ's love, we aren't looking at them like that anymore through our physical eyes. We are looking at them through Christ's blood and that resurrection power now. That's how we look at them. I'm going to repeat that verse. It's verse 16. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if, any was, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us this message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. So basically, to sum up this scripture, because of his love for us and our understanding of this love, we take what Jesus has done for us and we share it with those around us. It's as simple as that because it's such a good thing. We just can't keep it to ourselves. So we've answered the why evangelize question, but I hope you guys know me by now that I'm never going to spout off these pretty, you know, nice, fancy words while they do hold truth and power and freedom because they're God's words, but I'll never give you God's word without giving you 
a way to apply it. Because if you just hear scripture and you don't know how to actually use it, the Bible tells us that that's like a man who looks at his face in the mirror and after he walks away, immediately forgets what he looks like. That's from James 1.23. And I spent so many years not really understanding how to apply God's word, so I almost felt like I was one of those hamsters on a hamster wheel, never getting anywhere. And I don't ever want to leave you hanging. So I want to take just a few minutes to discuss how we can evangelize and how we can apply these concepts into our daily lives. So first of all, you build relationships. And you do this out of love, not condemnation. Because Jesus made it very clear, and remember, we are to mimic Jesus in every way, shape, and form that we can. Jesus did not come into the world to condemn it, but to save it, John 3:17. So you talk to people, you get to know them. And the Bible actually tells us you become all things to all people and do whatever it takes to win them over. So you do anything and everything within your power short of sinning because you should never sell your soul. So you don't sin, but you do anything and everything short of sinning within your power to win souls for them or for, for the kingdom. And that comes from 1 Corinthians 9, 19 through 23. And Paul is speaking here where he says... Let's see, let me find it here. Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone, to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those who have not, or having not the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but am under Christ's law so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became the weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that by all means possible, I might save some. I do this all for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. So once you start to build relationships and you start you know, doing things that people like to do, even if it's not your favorite hobby, you still go maybe axe throwing anyway, just because you're trying to build rapport with people. And once you do that and you develop that rapport, you then start having the authority to speak into their lives and they'll actually receive it. They'll receive that truth of the gospel because now you have a relationship with them. But thing is, some people are maybe, you know, socially awkward and they're introverts and they're just not really good at developing relationships. Or maybe you're in a pinch and you realize that you have such little time with people, but you know that the gospel needs to be presented to them. Well, there's no excuse for you either because you could simply invite them to church and then you could let Pastor Tim do the hard part of presenting the gospel because trust me, he is very, very good at it and he's anointed and he's called to do it. So everybody and anybody can even evangelize by building relationships, by inviting people to church, and presenting the gospel. So secondly, uh, you should have your testimony ready ahead of time before you ever even come across anybody to share it with. Have it ready ahead of time and then pray for an opportunity to use it. And this comes from 1 Peter 3.15 that says, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. And then 1 Timothy 2.1 says, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. So when you're doing this prayerfully and, and spirit-led 
And God then will lead you and the Spirit will direct you on what to say, who to say it with, the opportune time to say it. You're going to then be presented with these opportunities to present the gospel in an effective way when you apply these two scriptures to your lives. So finally, this is last but certainly not least, you could take practical steps and get involved in outreach and evangelism right here at Real Life. Even if you don't come to the church itself, which I invite you to do so if you've never tried it, this church is amazing and you will never find a place with as much sense of family. But anyway, even if you don't come to the church physically, you can still be involved in the church's outreach ministry. And we have our outreach ministry is called labor of love and this is where we go out in the community to reach those who need Jesus and we do this the labor of love ministry does this by doing once monthly service events where we go out and we do some sort of event to serve Montrose and the surrounding communities and the people within those communities and while you know not everybody can make it to that once a month serve event you know, this whole time throughout the entire month, every single month, we're encouraging people to become part of the love in action movement. That means that we're trying to develop a culture here where being Christ's hands and feet, being God's love, is our norm. So we have this movement called Love in Action where we encourage people on a daily basis, on a regular basis, to go out and do random acts of kindness. And then we encourage everybody that when you do a random act of kindness, leave a little calling card behind. We call them our love and action cards. And those you can find online, you can find them at the welcome desk here in the church. Again, even if you don't call real life your home church and you've never set foot into the building, you can pop in the doors anytime that we're open and the welcome desk is right there when you come in and you can find these love and action cards there. And then when you go out in the community and you are love in action by being God's hand and feet and doing random acts of kindness, you can leave this calling card behind because when people use that calling card and they either scan the QR code that's on it or they go to the website, they're going to be presented to the gospel because the gospel is all over our webpage. And then who knows, you could be an evangelist simply by buying somebody's coffee for them at McDonald's. Hey, try it out. It's awesome. And a lot of people have completed the challenges. We have uh, challenges on our Love in Action uh uh, cards and also on our webpage you can find all this information and a lot of people have been telling me and sharing with me how they've completed all of the recommended or just ideas that are out there of random acts of kindness so there are some new ones at the welcome desk and online if you want to be a part of that and you're looking for a new challenge so go on out there and evangelize by being love in action but aside from Labor of Love's outreach, our church also does a ton of events throughout the year. And this is our, the, the reason behind it is this is our heart to invite people in to our home and be presented to the, with the gospel. And so you could volunteer. Again, even if you don't come to this church regularly in person, you could still volunteer for these events and evangelize the community by bringing a dozen hard-boiled eggs for the Easter event or bringing bringing a ton of Halloween candy for our Halloween light the night. Or you could come and you could serve during our candlelight Christmas Eve service or the marriage conference. Those are just a few of the events that we do throughout the year to invite the community in to our doors because we know that they're going to be presented with the gospel when they come. 
We also have our real life missions team where you can literally take the gospel to the ends of the earth. In fact, there's still a couple open seats for the minister or the missions team. They're going to Rwanda, Africa at the end of the month. So if God is calling you to take the name of Jesus to Africa, to somebody who has never even heard his name, get a hold of Cheryl Chatfield and she will hook you up. And that would be awesome. But guys, no matter the avenue God is calling you to evangelize, remember He is calling you to evangelize. And this may seem completely intimidating and, and this charge and sharing the gospel may seem completely overwhelming. I get it. I've been there. I thought that. you got to change that stinking thinking, as Chris Steffen says all the time. you got to change that because He has equipped you. And if God has called you, if God has ordained you, if God has sent you, you can rest assured that He is going to qualify you. And I love that old saying because it rings true. He does doesn't call the qualified, God qualifies the called. Acts 1, uh, 1 verse 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And I've recently finished a Bible study on the YouVersion uh, Bible app called Sparking Social Change. And it's centered around evangelism. And, and there's one point that caught my attention during the study, and it's how God invites us to partner with him to bring solutions uh, to the challenges that we see in our community. So with God's involvement, or without God's involvement, I should say, we cannot meet these needs. But with our, our partnership with him, God chooses not to act. And again, I get it. The feeling of, of being powerless in a society such as ours, it can seem overwhelming. But we cannot let the enemy win by being ineffective, by being actionless. We can't let the enemy deceive us into thinking that we are not good enough, that we are not equipped enough, that we don't have what it takes or we don't have the resources that God needs to make something happen. That is a lie straight from hell and we cannot let him win because we are enough. If God has called it, he'll make it happen. Because time and time again, God's word shows us that even with our very limited resources, they are sufficient when we surrender them to God, who is able to multiply their effect. And this reminds me of the story that, so, that everybody knows about the five loaves of bread and the two fish. And that's found in Mark chapter 6. And if you remember how the story goes, after a long day of preaching, Jesus and the disciples, they're trying to get away to a quiet place to just rest for a little while. But the crowds, they just keep coming and they just keep coming and they're so hungry for God's truth and God's word and Jesus takes compassion on them. And so he keeps preaching and he, he stays up and he just keeps going at it. And by the end of it, the disciples in their own eyes, they could see that the people were just famished and they were hungry. So they saw that need, but it was way too overwhelming of a task to think that they had what it took to meet this need. So their solution was to send them away, as verse 36 tells us. Yet in verse 37, Jesus directly tells them, you give them something to eat. And still, they had excuses about how this was just impossible. And Jesus being ever so patient, I love Jesus, ever so patient, he encourages the disciples to partner with him. And finally, the disciples catch on. And so this impossible task was made possible when they would just surrender the resources that they did have and allow God to work through them as they were. 
And so as we all know how the story goes, through God's provision, the five loaves of bread and the two fish were supernaturally multiplied because there's no way, there's no explanation for how this happened in the natural world. But those five loaves and those two fish, they were multiplied enough to feed 5,000 men to their fill. 5,000 men, that doesn't include the women and children, ate until they were full. And in fact, the Bible tells us that there were 12 baskets of leftovers. So again, this call to evangelize may seem too big or too out of your comfort zone or beyond your capacity to meet. So when you start feeling that way, you remember God's truth because you do have what it takes. You can be the spark that leads to the change. So what resources do you have now, the way that you are now, that you could and should be surrendering to God and partnering with God with? And, and it doesn't have to just be material things. It can be your time. It can be your energy. It can be the things that you're good at. It can be your talents. It can be the things that you enjoy doing. I want to read a quote from William Barclay. He was a Scottish radio personality and pastor from the early 1900s. And he said this, Jesus needs what we can bring him. It may not be much, but he needs it. It may, not, or it may well be that the world is denied miracle after miracle and triumph after triumph because we will not bring to Jesus what we have and what we are. If we would lay ourselves on the altar of his service, there is no saying what he could do with us and through us. We may be sorry and embarrassed that we have not more to bring, and rightly so, but that is no reason for failing to bring what we do have. Little is always much in the hands of Christ. Guys, remember to be bold, be courageous, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You can evangelize this community and those in the people of your circle of influence. So in closing, I truly believe from the bottom of my heart, and I have been praying about this for weeks, that the purpose of God's word today that he gave me is to inspire you and to encourage you and to spark something inside of you that gets you excited and gets you up and out there because the community needs you. And I believe, again, that we are living in the end of the end times and time is running out for our opportunity to present this truth of hope and this truth of peace and this truth of love in a world that so desperately needs Jesus. No longer can we say tomorrow because the day of salvation is here and it is now. And you know, maybe you're one of those who needed to hear God's truth today. Maybe you are the one that received the gospel of condemnation instead of the gospel of truth. Maybe you're the one who received a watered down version that really held no power, but you now are feeling God's word speak to you and there's something stirring in your heart that you know that God's truth is, is making you come alive. And maybe you've never heard a gospel in any way, shape, or form this morning, but you're also hearing the voice of God speak to you. I want to give you the opportunity today to get to know him. So if you want to know this God that brings truth, that brings hope, that brings life, that brings power, that brings the dead back to life again, I want you to pray this prayer or something like it with me because the Bible tells us that if we confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. So pray this, Jesus... I want to know you. I want to come alive in you and experience an abundant life. I confess now with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are Lord. Surround me with your love and put people in my life who can help me along this new adventure that we're starting together today.
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, you are now part of an eternal spiritual family. I just want you to encourage you to reach out and tell somebody. Put it in your comment section. Call the church. Facebook us. Something. Get a hold of us so that we can partner with you because you should not be doing life alone. We are meant to do this together. And we just want to connect with you and help you along this journey. And if there's anybody out there who this message spoke to and you need prayer or prayer support or just want to talk to somebody, please reach out and get a hold of us. But thank you again so much for having me. I love being God's mouthpiece to bring his word of truth and hope and encouragement today because that is the whole point of why Jesus came to seek and to save the lost and those who Jesus or those who the sun sets free is free indeed today. So have a blessed week and I will see you again soon. Bye.